Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. We have a great episode for you guys today. I'm so excited to be releasing this one. Ever since I recorded it, which was not that long ago, I've been like, oh my God, I can't really wait to release this. Number one, it involves dolphins, which I mean, really, how how could you not enjoy a podcast with that mention, even mentions dolphins? And number two, it, it involves uh, the discovery of a compound that, well, of a really important compound that's really critical to our health and performance. But before I jump into the podcast, I want to thank you for being here. I would love to encourage you to share this podcast with your network, your friends, anybody else you know that you believe could get value from it, and also invite you to sign up for my email newsletter on natnidham.com. And um, that's it. That's enough calls to action. That's enough jobs. Before we jump into the episode, I do want to talk to you and, and thank a couple of our sponsors because of course that's how everything comes together in this world. Anyway, so first off, we know that around this time of year, many people find themselves feeling low energy and a little sluggish. Uh, The days are still a little too short. The nights are a bit too long. And so a great way to fight brain fog and lethargy at this time of year is by ensuring that your brain is getting maximum oxygen and nutrients through proper blood flow. Berkeley Life's nitric oxide formula can help you clear the seasonal cobwebs by ensuring your brain is getting that blood flow and the oxygen it needs. In fact, improved energy and focus are one of the first things that people report when adding this into their daily regimen. I use it every day and I love it. I trust Berkeley Life nitric oxide for my friends, my family, myself, my clients, for a clear mind, healthier living through any season, but especially through the dog days of winter as we anxiously await spring. If you live in an area like I do, we wait and wait and wait. So make sure you have Berkeley Life on hand to keep you clear and engaged this season and any season. Head to berkeleylife.com and use code NIDDBL at checkout for 10% off your first order and free shipping. Okay. My guest today, Stephanie Van Watson is, well, she's amazing. She's a serial entrepreneur. She's an academic. She's an educator. She's involved in not-for-profit. You can read all about her in the show notes. She's an impressive cat indeed. So if you want to learn more about her, you can go to fatty15.com. To learn more about the research behind C15, um, go to discoverc15.com. A lot of research there. On Instagram, you can follow them at fatty15. And of course, if you want to get your hands on some C15 for yourself and for your family, you can go to fatty 15 dot com forward slash nat or just go to fatty15.com and use code nat. All right. One more thing before we jump into that episode. How tired are you of spending hours upon hours on cardio with minimal results? Well, 
listen up because you may have heard that I have got a game changing fitness breakthrough for you. I've been using mine for a few months now religiously and I love it. It's called the Carol bike. It is science backed and it is the most unbelievable time saving solution trusted by experts for optimizing health and longevity with Carol's revolutionary reduced exertion hit workouts. That's rehit. You can achieve double the health and fitness benefits compared to regular cardio and get this 90% less time. Studies show that by doing Carol's quick five-minute workout just three times a week, now I do the 10-minute workout because I'm a little old school, uh, but you can do it in as little as five minutes, you can improve your fitness by 12%, reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes by 62%, and even wind back your internal body clock by up to 10 years. Now that's what the research showed. The science is clear. Carol Bike is your ticket to a healthier, more vibrant life. And here's an exclusive offer for you. You can get $100 off your bike with code NAT. Check out carolbike.com and unlock your path to longevity today and start pedaling. All right, now let's jump into this episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. Great, Natalie. Wonderful to be here. Yeah, well, I mean, we met we met at A4M in December, right? We did. And I just remember, and you just, you like, you know, I remember meeting you and you, that big smile you have on your face now, you had the exact same smile on your face. And it's just like, you're one of those people you meet and you go, oh, I want to get to know her. <laughs> and then you said the word dolphin and that was the end. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful luxury to be able to talk about helping dolphins for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, we're going to talk. I mean, we're basically going to talk about we're going to talk fat. We're going to talk fat about fat today, and its importance to human health and how it's you know been dragged through the mud and back and all the things. But you do have possibly one of the most interesting backstories in this business. <laughs> so maybe you want to. Maybe maybe we should fill people in on why exactly dolphins even are part of the conversation. Right. I, it, it, I'm not your third podcast this week talking about dolphins and, and fat. Um, so, yeah, so I am a veterinary epidemiologist and I was working for a World Health Organization and CDC. Um, you know, now I thought I was going to be chasing Ebola in Africa, like that's kind of where I where wow. I was heading um, career wise, and uh, I was recruited unexpectedly by the Navy about twenty years ago to help continually improve the health and welfare of older Navy dolphins. And I thought, well, that'll be fun to do for a couple of years. And it ended up more fun than Ebola. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, on the fun factor, I don't know. Like, no, I'm not not saying more interesting necessarily, but definitely more fun. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, so went to San Diego, uh, worked with the Navy's dolphins. They, you know, it's this population of, uh, about a hundred bottlenose dolphins Navy has cared for, for over 60 years. They live in the open ocean. They go out into San Diego Bay, open ocean every day, every day they choose to come back. Uh, they live more than 50% longer than dolphins in the wild. They have lots of babies. It's a very healthy population. Um, and a lot of that has to do with your Navy taking extraordinarily good care 
Um, so as a veterinarian, to be honest, I didn't know how I'd feel about dolphins at the Navy. And, you know, it's, it's, I saw immediately that this population gets incredibly good care. So such good care that they uh, can get old. And as you know, in the wild dolphins live to about 20 at the Navy, they routinely live 40 to 50 years old. Wow. Right. So we had this, like uh, the Navy had this growing population of geriatric dolphins and it was amazing um, that we found that these dolphins, as they got older, they aged a lot like us. So they were developing high cholesterol and um, chronic anemia, fatty liver disease, even the full suite of changes consistent with Alzheimer's. And so all wow. of a sudden, and yeah, exactly. I have a question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> question. Excuse me. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you there in the front. Over there in the corner. So are they eating the same diet that they would eat in the wild? It's a, the Navy dolphins? It's a great question. So they all eat fish. So that's a good starting point, right? And it's a curious starting point because all dolphins eat, for the most part, are fish. Um, mm-hmm. But different dolphins at the Navy were eating different types of fish, which were different than dolphins eat in the wild. So huh. exactly. So we got to be able to see, basically, we did the study to look at what, while we were noticing that dolphins were aging like us, what was fascinating is that some dolphins were aging better and healthier than others, which got us to the fish to say, is there something in the fish? And we thought it'd be omega-3s that would predict the healthiest aging dolphins. So um, we were able to use metabolomics, looking at thousands Mm -hmm. of small molecules in their blood and their fish diet to kind of figure out which small molecule was the predictor of the healthiest aging dolphins. Wow. So different dolphins were eating different fish because that's just what their trainer was feeding them or because they like different fish or like, is there kind of like dolphin junk food fish? (laughs) Yes. It's fascinating that you say that because um, there, absolutely. So because there are, uh, there are, they were different dolphins were eating different types of fish in part because of preferences. uh, And it might be the preference of, uh, their trainer, or it might be the preference of the dolphin. So there were about five different fish types that they're offered, and some were getting a lot more of you know one versus another type. Uh, and so wonderfully, um, it was you know it was so clean being able to tell which nutrients from which fish were the benefit that we were able to you know make some really important discoveries. Yeah, and so that's when you honed in on this this one type of fat. Right. So, so we're going to transition from dolphins. I'm sorry, guys. We, I mean, we want to stay on dolphins because they're super cute, but, and I do think it is remarkable to have a population of dolphins that are, you know, as a, as a, as an entity, like they're just so intelligent. They've, they get, they come back willingly. If they're making, if they're having babies, then clearly they're happy. Like nobody's making them have babies, right? Like, like unhappy, stressed animals, like people don't make babies, they wouldn't come. I mean, they could bug out. Um, so it's pretty interesting, right? That 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 this quasi captivity, which is not really captivity, is, is this symbiotic relationship, I guess, that develops between the dolphins and the trainers. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Animals, when they're happy, they eat, they live longer, and they have babies, just like just like you shared. Okay, but now apparently they also get heart disease and type 2 diabetes and all these things. So this is so super fascinating. And so this really brought you to this whole place of the, the a saturated fat 
that you discovered that was lacking in some dolphins and present in others. And, and this is all through metabolomics, which is this word metabolomics is starting to come up over and over again, even in human health. So maybe, maybe we could explain to people briefly what metabolomics is. Yeah, absolutely. So metabolomics are, you know, the study of, for the most part, small molecules that it, it might be in our serum or in our tissues. It could be in different things. You might hear about the gut metabolome. Um, in this case, we were looking at small molecules that were present in the blood um, that would be in us or them, um, as well as their fish. And there are thousands of small molecules um, present, in, and it could be different types of fats and proteins and carbs. We were just talking about this um, earlier. So um, it. It's if you think about when you go to the doctor and you get a blood test, right, for your health, and there's a set number, maybe up to 40 things. This kind of takes that world of a blood test and it blows it up to a thousand things. Mm -hmm. And so when you get start getting something that big, then it gets hard to actually figure out what they mean in humans because we're super complicated. Like we have such diverse lives and backgrounds and environments that it's hard to take thousands of small molecules and make meaning out of them. What was great about the dolphins was they're all in the same population, eating for the most part a pretty limited diet and getting the same health care. So we were able to, uh, thanks to the dolphin, make sense of this otherwise very complicated set of data um, and get it really quickly narrowed down to the molecules that are most important. Kind of like, what are the next things that should be on our blood test? Um, to, mm -hmm. you know, let us know if we're healthy or not. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. So how did you ever hone down to saturated fat though? Because you would think like, well, not so much cardiovascular disease, but you said type two diabetes. So type two diabetes, you would sit there and go, okay, well that must be, are like, are they grabbing chips along the way on their mission out and coming back? Like, what's <laughs> right. And that's where we're, this was a huge question for a specific to fatty liver disease, right? So, mm -hmm. non alcoholic fatty liver disease now affecting one in three people globally, seemingly came out of nowhere, um, 1980, and then, you know, now present again, one in three, one in 10 kids. So, yeah. fatty liver disease, we also discovered it in the dolphins. And um, to your exact question at Dr. Jeff Schwimmer, I was at Rady Children's Hospital. He opened the first fatty liver disease clinic um, in the world for kids. And Jeff reached out and he's like, I saw your paper on fatty liver disease in dolphins. And I don't think it's got, I don't think it's going to be the same because, you know, we think it's driven by sugar and mm -hmm. other things that dolphins don't eat. So, um, can I take a peek at your dolphin livers? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we sent him. Can, can you mail me some dolphin livers? <laughs> your average, you know, request. So we sent him archived um, tissue samples of dolphin livers, and I'll never forget the email that came back. Was the title was "We Are a Go," and Jeff is like, "These, it's fatty liver disease." He goes, "It is the exact same thing that we are seeing in kids and we're seeing in people." He's like, "What's going on?" Because to your point, they're not eating chips. They're not eating sugar. This is, you know, was shocking. And so that's where, and then now we talk about when we were able to do this analysis and look at dolphins with or without fatty liver disease, with or without high glucose, the C15, um, you know, again, a saturated fat unexpectedly popped up as one of the top predictors of the healthiest dolphins, dolphins without these diseases. Hmm. That's fascinating. So 
Wow. I almost feel like we got to the punchline too fast, but that's really interesting, right? So that the presence or absence of a saturated fat of all things right, would be a predictor. And so did you, well, I'm, I'm so bummer. You can't get, you couldn't get pieces of liver from the kids because that would be really unethical. So <laughs> kids with, with, with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So, so where do you go from there? So you establish that the presence of this fat is somehow protective or where did, where did it kind of go from there? Yeah. It, so that was the question, right? So, so at that point it was association, right? So dolphins yeah. have higher levels of C15, lower risk of having this whole like insulin resistance and high glucose and fatty liver disease. It's all, they were all tied together just like it is in people. Um, it ends up that the same relationships were being discovered in humans at the same time. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> so, You're kidding. No, it's just amazing, right? And, and you see this happen a lot, right? When discoveries get made, like big groundbreaking discoveries, you have multiple different entities from around the world who are kind of honing in and finding the same thing. So around the same time, there were a, a handful of large-scale epidemiological studies showing that people of higher C15 have a lower risk of having and even developing type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and then eventually the papers came out on fatty liver disease, including Jeff Schwimmer. So Dr. Schwimmer did his own study um, looking at kids' livers, but via, you know, using um, digital imaging, imaging. Yeah. and showed that the more C15 kids had in their blood, the less fat they had in their liver. So now we have parallel things happening in dolphins and humans, but it's association. So the next step was then to move C15 into the lab and mm -hmm. say, okay, can we get beyond association? Is there evidence that C15 can directly um, and actively improve or prevent these diseases? Um, so we did eight studies over three years and uh, worked with a leader in fatty acids, uh, Dr. Ed Dennis. Um, he was the editor for the Journal of Lipid uh, Research for 15 years. And um, so we did a series of studies. And at the end of it, um, that was our, uh, our paper that we published in Nature Scientific Reports, um, showing that C15 isn't just an active and beneficial fat that it's meeting these rare criteria of being an essential fatty acid, the first to be discovered since omega-3, which was over 90 years ago. Wow. That's a big gap. That's a big gap. That's a massive gap. In, in, mm -hmm. And it just goes to show you, right? You don't know what you're missing because you don't know what you're looking for. Like you don't know what to look for, right? I mean, this is, this is the magic, the mystery, and the craziness of the human body is we don't even know what we're missing because – you don't necessarily know. And, and, you know, it amazes me that some of the, the podcasts, some of the podcasts that have the most blown my mind over the last mm -hmm. year or two have all had to do with some kind of fat. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, there's this saturated fat, there's plasmalogens, yeah. which is phospholipids, which is a type of fat. And then there's um, even things like phosphatidylcholine, which is another phospholipid. And, it amazes me how critical, like how much of a, of a, just literally how critical mm -hmm. these tiny little fats are mm -hmm. to our health. And yet, you know, and I know that you talk about this a lot is how 
fat's been like beaten and burned and dragged through the mud. And, you know, like you've literally, there have been people, not so much now, I don't think, but there have been people over the last few decades who literally cut fat out completely from their diets, thinking that, you know, it's got to be margarine and skinless, boneless chicken breast, if we're even going to go there. And, you know, like, and, and so they just like pulled fat completely out of their diets and ended up kind of not well right. as a result. So let's, I mean, it's, it's just so interesting to me how critical fat is to human health. So have you gotten basically insight into how this all works? Like how is this saturated fat, you know, that's basically working in conjunction with all these other essential fatty acids and, and phospholipids, what's it doing? Because I think, I mean, reading through the literature that I got my hands on, it's playing a role that we never talk about when it comes to fat. Absolutely. What a tea up that was. Uh, yeah, so that was fantastic. Wow. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so it's... Eating you the balls. <laughs> C15 has uh, a really unique role, uh, and it has some that are complementary with other fats, but the unique role that, the, you know, that you're alluding to is it strengthens our cell membranes. And so when we talk about that, you know, we talk about our body, right? We are completely made of cells. Our cells are, each and every one of them is protected by two, a two layer membrane. And that membrane is made out of fat. Um, so Mm -hmm. our cell membranes remarkably, they literally are what we eat. And many studies have shown that even what you eat, if you eat the same diet for like a period of three days, it will completely change the uh, makeup of your cell membrane. Like it's that that fast. That's crazy. Yeah. So C15 is, um, because it's a saturated fat and we're talking about, um, you know, just a a quick uh, saturated fats 101, right? Is that, that we have, it ends up there are two main forms of saturated fats. They're called even chain and odd chain. And even chain saturated fats are those that have an even number of carbons in it, like C16 and C18. Those are present at really high levels um, in the food traditional foods that we think about. And they are continually associated, higher levels continually associated with the bad stuff, like increased risk of type 2 diabetes, heart disease. In the dish, they're pro-inflammatory. Um, so they aren't, uh, they don't get a get out of jail free card, but these odd chain saturated fats like C15 and C17, um, they have the opposite effect. Um, and so just one carbon change determines mm-hmm. whether a saturated fat is good. It's like, it is amazing what, how specific nature is with regard to fats. Um, and so these odd chain fats are the opposite. They're anti-inflammatory um, and they are, you know, this lower risk of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, fatty liver disease. So understanding that we get to these odd chain saturated fats and saturated fats have no double bonds in them. They're just like super sturdy little molecules that don't bend. Think of them as having no hinges, just a chain of Mm -hmm. hinges. And every time you put a double bond in, it's a hinge, which oxygen can attack. And it's a weak point basically that leads to what's called lipid peroxidation. Long story short, just makes them oils and susceptible to attacked by oxygen. Because C15 doesn't have any double bonds, it is an incredibly sturdy fat that goes into our cell membranes and literally serves a function like a brick inside that helps to basically shore up our cells so that each and every one of our cells is able to, you know, better fight off 
you know, oxidative radicals and aging and chronic diseases. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. We were talking about this earlier that, you know, you know, the human body is going to use, like it needs fat for the cell membrane one way or another by hook or by crook. It, it can't use anything but fat. And so what you give it is what you will use. It will use. And I think that one of the reasons why there's so much trouble, like so many health problems is from, and you know, we, we talk about damaged fats, oxidized fats, rancid fats, that the cell membrane, that the body in the absence of what it would love is going to use what you give it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And so, which is where it, you know, it really ups the ante on getting the right fats in the diet. So, you know, so people are going to be sitting there going, okay, well, this is interesting. Dolphins, this fat, I'm a people, where would I normally get this kind of fat from? Like, is there, is there a natural way or do I have to like, you know, go diving with the dolphins? Like, how do, how do I get these, these fats? Cause they're not necessarily only from, fi- like, I guess they do come from fish, yeah, so which is where we think we're getting our EF, like our other EF, the omega-3 from. That's right. Yeah. So, so they, um, they obviously they are present in fish when we looked at the dolphins, but not all fish have C15, which is why some dolphins had lower levels than others. And when we actually dove into understanding C15 um, presence within the fish, it's mainly in the skin and the heads of the fish, which of course dolphins eat, they don't get little fillets, but we don't, we tend to- Not as much, yeah. We tend to skip that. So by far as humans, our primary source of C15 is dairy fat. And it's mm-hmm. such a whole dairy fat. And it's such a reliable mm-hmm. measurement of whole dairy fat that C15 has been used for decades as a biomarker of how much fat we eat, <laughs> of how much dairy fat we eat. Oh my God, you're kidding. Yeah. And so it's been looked at for a long time, but everyone kind of, anytime they saw an association between C15 and better health, they said, ah, it's a biomarker of dairy fat. Therefore, dairy fat is better for our health. They never thought that, well, maybe this molecule itself may be the benefit. Well, and the narrative of dairy fat is better for our health is is a struggling narrative in the best of times. I mean. <laughs> right. And it's so messy. And we now understand why, because dairy fat has, you know, has 1% of C15 in it, of the fats, has 40% of these pro-inflammatory even chain saturated fat. So it's a con milk is kind of just like going to throw everything at you and take chronically for long periods of time, you know, the pro-inflammatory fats uh, tend to outwin that, that 1%. And is that in all whole milk or is it just, does pas- do you know, does pasteurization affect it in homogenization? Cause you know, my, I mean, my impression is that in those places where people can get access to raw milk, mm-hmm. um, it seems to play. It, it seems to be a little bit different. Like even homogenizing milk modifies the the fat and the way our body picks it up. Yeah, it does. So there's there's less on the differentiation differentiation between the homogenous and the raw. And but you're right, Ned. There are definitely differences between the two, nutrition wise. Um, but the interesting studies on C15 have really come from what the cows eat. So if a cow is fed corn. It has less C15 even in its whole milk, whole fat, than if it's fed grass. And even the specific types of grass, like there was one really cool study where they um, took goats and the farther up a goat grazed on this hill, 
the more C15 they had in their milk. So it was dependent upon high grass. <laughs> so, and we don't have that on our cartons, right? It doesn't say no. cow was fed corn. or <laughs> So we, we really don't know how much C15 is in each given. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you now do, I mean, there is now grass fed milk at least, but to your point, if the type of grass has that much of an influence. And I've read stuff that talks about, you know, cows choosing different types of grass depending on what their needs are. Like, you know, Mother Nature in innate wisdom is so beyond us. And the challenge is that, you know, the farmer, the rancher that's trying to bring grass-fed products to market and I know nothing about this. So if somebody's listening and knows, please pipe in at some point in the comments. But I don't know how much control they even have. Like maybe they're like, are they where they are? And maybe that's why New Zealand dairy might be better than North America. Like who knows, right? Like geography may have something to do with it. So that's super fascinating. Okay. So there's a question I need to ask you. What were the junk fish? What was the fish that didn't have the C-15? I'm a little bit fascinated by this. So at the Navy, they're they're called capelin, um, and they're really little fish. They have very low fat, um, and they're caught. Usually, they're like they're Norwegian. Yeah, yeah they're caught in okay. Norway. Um, and so it's the the main reason probably why these had low C-15 or big reason is that they're they're have very little fat in them. Um, okay. So likely, you know, kind of the chips of the sea situation for, for, for Cape <laughs> Um, yeah. So, it, and that yeah. ended up being a big determinant. I mean, and obviously the Navy didn't know it's, it's a fish. Right. And so, uh, didn't know that these, um, didn't even know that C-15 is something we should care about. But once they, once we uh, had these studies, they were able then now to change the types of fish that the dolphins are getting so that they have adequate C-15 levels. So it was going right. to be actionable for them. And then by reinstating C-15 for some of the dolphins, did that help to reverse some of the conditions that they were suffering? It did. Or once it did? Yes. I mean, so that was <laughs> the fun part, right? So um, like, for example, we uh, know that, uh, well, as dolphins get older, just like us, uh, and anemia of chronic disease or anemia of aging um, is something that a subset of dolphins developed. Um, and so when we did, we actually did a feeding um, trial where we gave uh, about 20 dolphins a high C15 fish diet and kept 10 dolphins on the regular diet. Of those 20 dolphins um, that were given the high C15 diet, 10 of them incidentally had anemia. And we, um, within one month on this modified diet, um, the anemia was getting better by three months, every dolphin um, anemia was gone. So when we looked in and analyzed the data further into what um, fats were in this cell membrane of the red blood cells, right, of how you define anemia, um, we found that higher C15 independently predicted this resolution of anemia. And we anemia. Were, yeah, and we were able to repeat that. Um, later uh, in the lab. So again- And on the 10 dolphins that didn't get the high C15 diet, did they eventually get the high C15 fish? They do, yeah. So now they're all (laughs) equal opportunity at the- Leave behind, no no dolphin left behind it. (laughs) No dolphin left, yeah, exactly. exactly. But that's so fascinating, right? Because- you know, in my world where I'm, I'm in touch with some fairly large communities of people and people who are constantly sharing about their health challenges, and anemia is something that comes up a lot. And you get a certain percentage of people who, like, it doesn't matter what they do, 
it doesn't matter how much iron they take, like they are perpetually anemic. And I don't know, I mean, I could be wrong, but people talk about the bees, like the B6, B9, B12. We talk about eating iron rich foods, mainly red meat and, you know, if you liver and whatever else, but nobody's talking about a particular fat to maybe give, and I guess would it, I mean, I wonder if it just gives that cell membrane the strength to almost hold on to, to, to the iron. I mean, I don't, I don't know, making it up now. I'm going into fantasy land, but, but what role could this, you know, this fat possibly have in the cell, the cell being able to hold on to iron? Yeah, absolutely. So we know, we now know that, you know, the, the red blood cell and now probably all of our cells that when we take ingest more C15, that C15 goes into our cell membranes, helps make them more stable. This includes our red blood cells. And Mm -hmm. so as we, if we don't have enough C15 in our cells, including our red blood cells, they get more fragile and they're more Mm -hmm. susceptible to lipid peroxidation. So they get weaker, they fall apart faster. And that is a contributor to, you know, this anemia kind of of, of unknown causes beyond that, like what you're talking about that you've seen people try. And the other thing is there's not Aside from, unless you have iron deficiency anemia, there's not a long-term treatment for anemia. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and we know that people with anemia have, it's just, you know, higher risk of frailty, of longer hospital visits, we're tired. It's just, it's been something that in the old days, old days being like the 1990s, you know, physicians will just be like, ah, you have anemia. That's what comes with age. So, yeah. so thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. Thanks for confirming my age. Um, but now it's well understood that it's 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 a pathological process of aging that with more and more of a drive to let, to fix it. So that was a fascinating and unexpected outcome in the dolphin study that we've then been able to show, um, you know, uh, proved directly since. Uh, so mm-hmm. exciting. Um, Ability and then if it's doing this in the red blood cells, then you know then the picture is what is it doing? How it's helping cells throughout our whole body? Uh, I was going to the brain. Mm-hmm. Do we have data on the brain? We don't. <laughs> we so we don't have a lot of data on the brain. Uh, we don't have a lot of data because there's the brain is fat. Right. It's I old. mean, the brain is fat. And the nervous system, like it's the myelin sheath, then the yeah, it's so important. There are there are select studies, but I have to say, you know, compared to the studies on C15 and type 2 diabetes and heart disease and fatty liver disease um, and even cancer. Um, there are a lot of studies with C15 showing it as protective. For for the brain, it's sparse. And I don't know if it's because it hasn't been looked at or because it, it doesn't have as strong of an association. So just need more time to happen. And what's nice mm-hmm. is that researchers in different fields are now testing C15. So the papers on C15... And the research has been growing dramatically. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Sensate. Sensate can be your ultimate solution for a calmer mind and improved well-being. Did you know that the vagus nerve is a direct connection to your primal brain? Research has shown that activating the vagus nerve can calm the brain medulla, that's that primitive brain, reducing stress and anxiety. Sensate is the pioneer in non-invasive sound resonance technology uniquely designed to gently soothe your nervous system by targeting your sternum. 
And what does that mean? That means that you actually have this very cool device just sitting on your chest bone and vibrating with an app that is also delivering music. It's actually a beautiful experience. I've been playing with different tracks lately and I love it. You can use it at any time of day, in the morning, in the middle of the day when you need a break. I like using it also before bed. It's amazing. Now, Sensei users have reported remarkable improvements, including enhanced sleep quality, increased heart rate variability, reduced anxiety levels, improved focus, and an overall sense of well-being. By using Sensei, you can say goodbye to stress and hello to a more relaxed, centered you. Try it now and experience transformative stress reduction. Your journey to a calmer mind can start with Sensei. And all you have to do is use code NAT at getsensate.com forward slash NAT for a discount for you, the listeners only. Now let's get back to the show. Well, you would think that even from a historical perspective, because labs keep samples of of people of brains, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be it's going to take someone taking interest and saying, "Okay, let's go back and look at these brain samples and say, you know, the brains that were affected by whatever X Y Z, how do they compare to a healthy brain with respect to this particular saturated fat?" Like I think that could be such an interesting eureka moment because, and you know, and maybe you just focused on the metabolic stuff because that's what the dolphins were showing up with. They weren't showing up necessarily with dementia. And if they were, you might not have noticed as much. Cause I mean, they're gone. what is it? I mean, I mean, I guess maybe they got lost. They didn't come back. You didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I think what's encouraging, I'm encouraging friend and you're exactly right. The studies need to be done um, to know, confirm whether or not, you know, there's an association. If so, how strong, um, uh, what has been encouraging is we know that C15 has activities and metabolites that are expected to improve um, cognitive function and brain health. So, for example, C15 targets activates these receptors called PPARs. And PPARs are well-known targets for the brain to help reduce inflammation, to help improve um, signal transduction um, that is weakened with regard to Alzheimer's and dementia we fascinatingly, when we went back to the dolphins um, and the, the metabolome, the metabolites, we found a second molecule, which was really interesting. And it ended up that the second molecule is just a molecule that our body makes using C15. <laughs> and this molecule was a full activator of, um, was a fully acting endocannabinoid. So it's fully activating CB1, CB2, and was mimicking serotonin. And so all of these activities are expected to help with sleep, with, um, uh, you know, anxiety. And these, interestingly, are what we get consistently reported from people who, um, you know, who are taking C15. Huh. Wow. That's fascinating. Actually, in in your... um that's so cool. And I guess, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where that research mm-hmm. eventually goes, um, just to understand. But I mean, it, that sure doesn't sound like it's going to hurt. And, you know, the going back to the dairy issue, I mean, so many people have cut out dairy because there's so much, I mean, whether they're, um, whether they're terrified of saturated fat or whether they're lactose intolerant or whether they've bought into the low fat pr- dogma, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's just been, and, and dairy being inflammatory and so many people being sensitive to it, it kind of just turns it automatically into not the best source. Does, um, does ghee have C15 in it? Do you know? 
Ghee did. Clarified butter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so ghee has C15, butter, um, just regular butter has uh, C15. It's, you know, concentrated really form of C15. So it's um, it can be a good source. It still also has the pro-inflammatory saturated fats, but I don't shy away from, from ghee or my pat of butter um, at all. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, different people are affected differently by fat, right? So some people look at fat and I mean, dairy fat specifically, some people look at dairy fat and is it present also in cheese? It is. Oh yeah. I know. Right. That's a huge win. I, it's my, yeah. my justification for cheese. <laughs> <A> cheese platter. <laughs> oh, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not having cheese. I'm actually just popping up my intake of. Yeah, exactly. My membranes are feeling a little weak right now. So I just thought I'd have some camembert. Yeah. I'll, I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> um, so in, in the research, there's actually mention of something that I talk about a lot. We talk about, because the podcast has kind of like this overarching theme of longevity, we talk about the hallmarks of aging a lot. And in the literature, in, I think it might've been on your website or some other literature, I found that noticed that there's actually three hallmarks of aging that are targeted specifically by C15. And you mentioned at least one of them a minute ago in the cell signaling, right? That's right. Yeah. So, so once we had discovered that C15 was meeting the rare criteria of being an essential fatty acid, right? Which means that our bodies have to have certain levels of it, but our bodies can't make it. Therefore, we have to get certain levels from our diet. Um, Then if it's really essential, then it should positively impact our health span and our lifespan. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was an interesting, on the cell strengthening um, part, there's this fascinating um, theory from A.J. Holbert. I'm in Australia, and he came up with this theory called the cell membrane pacemaker theory of aging. And oh. in that, he showed that humans, he looked at mammals, and he showed that humans had more saturation, more stable fatty acids in their cell membranes than shorter-lived animals' mice. And he actually did a linear relationship on how long a mammal's lifespan is was tied to how um, how stable, basically, the fats were in their cell membranes. No it was kidding. fascinating, right? And he showed that they had less uh, lipid peroxidation levels, which now all of a sudden you're getting to aging. And we're basically, the longer our cell membranes can fight off oxygen from killing us, uh, the longer we live. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's a lifespan enabling thing. So getting back to the hallmarks of aging, you know, when we were seeing that it's ex- essential, then the question is, well, can we find how, how is it as a longevity supporting nutrient? And so we looked at hallmarks of aging first, and that's where we found um, that, like you just said, um, that we showed that it helps with cellular signaling, um, including the heart of the human longevity pathway of, um, of activating AMPK and inhibiting mTOR. Wow. So wow. it's really hitting at the heart of what we is well established as if you do these things, it should support longevity. Um, and then it uh, helps decrease um, with regard to, you know, by inhibiting mTOR, it helps decrease the, you know, the formation of these zombie cells, the senescent cells, and helps get the bad cells cleared out. Um, it mm-hmm. also helps repair mitochondria, um, mitochondrial dysfunction being the third um, hallmark of aging. And then a fourth actually came up um, because in 2023, there was a new and updated list of hallmarks of aging, which included inflammation, uh, yeah. inflammation with aging. And we're, it's very clear that C15 decreases 
many, many, um, over a dozen different pro-inflammatory cytokines. So it has all these great effects. So we, we then, from there, we then um, tested, we put C15, pure C15 head to head against the leading longevity molecules, rapamycin, metformin, and acarbos. And we showed that C15 had the most cellular benefits and was really close to rapamycin. And so the question no. is, is was rapamycin, like we didn't have to necessarily go to Easter Island uh, to get <laughs> right this complicated bacteria, rapamycin that grows from rare bacteria. It may just be C15 is what we've been meant to have all along to help us live healthier and longer. Only it's been in stealth mode all this time. It's exactly. <laughs> you're just like, okay, every mammal gets this at birth, and then we, you know, and now we've taken it away. Yeah, stealth mode. Go, go yeah. dolphins. So that's interesting. You bring that up. So I'm guessing that mother's milk is fairly rich in C15. It is as long as mom has enough C15. So right, right that opens the question of as we get more generations having lower C15 mom's C15 levels determine how much C15 she has in her milk. Um, so, and infant formula, unfortunately, has almost no C15 in it. Um, so it's, you know, it's, as we learn more, it'll, it'll become increasingly important to understand when and where we need to get C15 back into. So you would think that adding, at some point, enriching formula oh, yeah. for babies who, for whatever reason, can't nurse or don't nurse. That's right. would be pretty, pretty important to be, because they're not going to get it from anywhere else at that stage of the game. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And so there's, uh, and there have been calls for, uh, for this independent of us, of folks that have been looking at babies who get more C15, which is from mom's milk, um, they have healthier growth. They have larger um, brains or um, head circumference indicative of brain health. And so because of these, there have been calls to action from groups outside of us saying exactly that what you just said, which is we really need to look at infant formulas and how can we get C15 back in to help fortify mm-hmm. those. Wow. So in the meat, so is it... Because now, I mean, maybe there's a mom listening to this and, you know, for whatever reason that baby's getting formula and she's like, okay, can I take a capsule and pop it open and drop it in the formula? Like, I mean, there's no, there's no research on it. Yeah. I mean, you almost, I mean, there's such a stigma around saying anything to any pregnant mom or, or any infant. And yet somehow maybe telling moms when they're pregnant to just bump up their C15 somehow. So yeah, so moms can, we did um, go through and we had um, C15 assessed. Uh, so first of all, C15 is in milk, right? So so if moms, and there, there's no, uh, there are no recommendations telling pregnant mothers or nursing moms to stop drinking milk. So, so you know, that's a good safe. And eat better. <laughs> eat your better. Um, we also looked at the pure C15 and had um, chose to put it through a process of called GRASS, which is generally recognized as safe status. And that's where you have independent toxicologists look at the data. And so they showed that um, they concluded that pure C15 is safe for um, adults, children older than four, and including pregnant and uh, nursing moms. So the younger than four. So they're just shopping. Yeah, they're just stopping short of saying of hitting the babies. We're but, getting close. Yeah. We're, and, and we'll get there. You know, it's just you, we're one step at a time. And now that mm-hmm. all these studies have been coming out with regard to the youngest set, 
I think that's really going to help push, um, you know, what needs to get done to ensure it's safe and how much that, you know, our, the, the infants get. Yeah. So how long has this been around as a supplement? Like it's pretty new, right? Like, I mean, you guys just kind of exploded onto the landscape. I mean, I've, I've been seeing stuff around for a little while, but not that long in the grand scheme of the world. No, it's, it's, uh, so the supplement's been out, uh, since 2021. Uh, wow. so not long at all. What great timing for a launch. <laughs> right. I don't, what? Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's actually because of COVID that, uh, we went, um, to put it out as a supplement. And it's because, you know, we had done at that point, you know, over eight years of studies on C15. We had all of the peer reviewed work. We had, you know, done all of the work of the work. And we're still, because we're scientists, right? And physicians and veterinarians. And um, at some point along this journey, our advisors are like, enough is enough. Like, you know, it's time to bring it to the there. Come on. It's like, you're proposing it as an essential fatty acid. It's time to get it out to the world. And, you know, we thought we were going to do it as a pharmaceutical because that was kind of where our mindset, like treatments for potential treatments for fatty liver disease, type 2 diabetes. And that track is expensive and long. Um, and when COVID came, you know, we realized, gosh, this is going to delay the pharmaceutical route. And at the same mm-hmm. time, this essential fatty acid discovery was made. And so it's just like, it's a natural ingredient. You can bring this to the world now. Um, it's foundational. It's like it's foundational. It would have been actually tragic if it had gone the pharmaceutical route, right? Because I just think it would have been so much harder. As you say, it would have taken longer and who knows where it would have gone. Whereas at this stage of the game, it, from the sounds of it, like, you know, if you're eating a ton of butter and a lot of cold water fish, maybe you're, you may well be meeting your needs, but for most of us, that's not a reality. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so, you know, it, it, we brought you know, C15 supplement, you know, fatty 15 to the world out of what our, uh, what our advisor called a moral obligation, you know, living there, like you, you've had your whole careers. Uh, my husband is uh, a Navy physician uh, and uh, the two of us, you know, helped uh, basically take on this endeavor in partnership with the Navy. Um, and, but it was, you know, it, it's something that needed to happen. Uh, and so mm-hmm. after all the science that led to us bringing the, the supplement to the market. So yeah, so that we brought it to the market in 2021 um, and it's <laughs> sold out in six weeks. Um, now we have over a 95% um, monthly customer retention rate, which is unheard of. And it really mm-hmm. just speaks to the science, um, yeah. you know, that it's people are feeling better. Well, and I think once you understand what's involved, and you know, what's interesting, one, one nuance that took me a little while to figure out was, okay, well, is, is this C15 instead of my EPA DHA? And it's not, it's just in addition, it's like, it's part of the stack. Yeah. I think about it like as a vitamin, you know, that would you take vitamin A and not vitamin C Mm -hmm. with the EFAs, with like EPA, um, you know, with your omega-3s and your omegas is just ensuring that you're getting the absolute highest quality because, you know, we, like we talked about there, these are really fragile fats that are susceptible yeah. to oxidation. So ensuring that what you're getting and that you're probably the, not probably the best way to get omega-3s because their fragility is through food. 
Yeah, and then, no, hundred percent. Yeah, and then but I seven, mean, millions of fishy burps would attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like when you eat fish, you don't have fishy burps. No. But when you take your omega three, like if if it's not good and it's not the right one. Guess what? Like, it's not a pleasant couple of hours after that. Like, it can be really unpleasant. So, which brings me to, you know, even though I said this wasn't going to be a big old ad for Fatty 15, at the end of the day, it is. But it's only because it's so, like, this is so important, right? And it's such fresh information. And it's so, like, as we just said, you know, like, all of the people that who do what I do, like, we have these foundational supplements. Because... People in our community, some of them are taking 50 supplements a day or 20 supplements a day, and it's like they're ready to lose their minds. And every once in a while, somebody says, could you just tell me what I really need to take if I was going to pare it back? And so we tried, we pare it back. And it sounds to me like this is the foundation, like with your EF, your essential fatty, your omega-3s, like this is part of that building block that you need to for everything else to work properly. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. it's important. Um, so where do we, so where do you get your C15 from? Because there's no fishy burps. Right. Also with itty bitty little teeny tiny capsules. You guys, this will be the easiest supplement you will ever take if you choose to go there. I mean, you could always eat a stick of butter a day and if that works for you, that's amazing. But if you went this route, <laughs> it's this teeny tiny, the cutest little capsule it's like next to nothing and there's no fish involved. No fish, no cows. Uh, so, which is great. So we chose, you know, if we're going to bring this to the world, let's do it right. Let's make it vegan friendly. Um, let's not have, it's, it's because it's a stable fat, it's not an oil. So anything that says it has C15 in it and it's an oil means it's not, you know, you're kind of messing with the, the, the power of C15. Um, so because it's, yeah, the stable fat, it's a solid at room temperature, um, and gets, and all we need is a tiny amount, which is aligned with what we used to get from our diet. So we used to get back in the days, right. Of like a hundred to 300 milligrams of C15 every day from our diet, mainly from drinking that great, you know, whole fat milk mm-hmm. when it was great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so that's why so this, you know, the, the supplement isn't intended to be like the super supplement where we give you a hundred times the dose you get. It truly is. A, it's supplementing the amount that our cells really need. And if you think about, you know, we talked about the cell membranes being stable. They don't need to be made completely out of C15. They just need enough of the stable yeah. fat in there to keep it stable. And we know there the specific levels. It's like five micrograms per mil or 0.2% is the stable. Um, and if you get below that, the cell falls apart. So it's truly a, a line that multiple studies are now supporting is like, as we get below that, that is, is probably again, get defined as a nutritional C15 deficiency. Um, just because our cells just can't hold together. It just needs just enough. So hence one tiny, one tiny pill, which is great. Yeah. yeah. No, that's amazing. And so it's synthesized. So it's basically synthesized in the lab. So it's, we, it's synthetic. We yeah. take, yeah, so we take plant-based C14 and we add a carbon onto it. So, oh, <laughs> and, uh, so, it's, so that way we're able exactly to make it, um, you know, so it's the exact same molecule plant-based and pure, uh, 99.5 in some cases, a hundred percent pure, uh, ingredient, which is, which is great, which is why it works. 
Yeah, no kidding. And so, but would you say that maybe, is there a possibility that someone who's got metabolic imbalances, so they have, you know, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and or type 2 diabetes, you know, they've got any one of those conditions we talked about, is there a possibility that they might benefit from doing a slightly higher dose initially to kind of reload? And I mean, I guess eventually someday, I don't think there is right now for humans that I know of, but maybe someday you'll be able to get a lab test and assess what your C15 levels are right. and see how badly, how down you are. Yeah, Nat, you're so good. Um, so uh, that was an amazing segue. So first of all, um, yeah, so we, uh, you can get a test, which uh, Genova Diagnostics, right? Oh. Uh, and, okay. and we don't, we're not associated with them just so you know, not, you know, um, but they, uh, they have a fatty acid test that a lot of functional, uh, doctors have used for a long time. Um, and when we've been chatting with them, they're like, wait, what? And then they go back and they're like, wait, I've been collecting C15 all along and wait, what? this person has low C15 and this person has low C15 and it appears to be successfully picking up the same definition that we and the, the scientific papers have shown as low. Um, so they have mm. both a blood spot test um, that could get ordered from home. And then they have the red blood cell membrane um, test of, you know, going to the doctor and, or a clinic and getting get a blood, blood draw. Yeah. And so we do have, there is a clinical, as far as efficacy, um, obviously, you know, fatty 15 is a supplement. It's not intended to treat, treat prevent, cure, you know, you know, the whole FDA statement. And yeah. it really is not intended for that. Um, more and more physicians are uh, using C15 um, to guide the health of their patients. Um, and those high, the, you know, the two capsules, um, and including using 200 milligrams now, and like you're alluding to now having this test so that you can see, gosh, can we just get you up and over that, at least that minimum and maybe using 200 milligrams to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you, you scale back. I mean, we do it with vitamin D3 yeah. when people are super low or whatever the case may be, like the idea of loading the body when it's deficient and then pulling back to a, a stable kind of maintenance dose is not entirely foreign. Right. Exactly. 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 <laughs> so, and then the other, but we do recommend like try for, you know, when people reach out, it's just to try when we're not trying to push pills, right. It's just like try when it works for most people. Um, where one a day and like give it, you know, give it three months. Uh, and most people, about half people feel better within two weeks, which is extraordinary. Dolphins didn't tell us that, that part. Um, they can't. Yeah, exactly. I was like, did you get a better sleep last night? Like they would, but they can't. <laughs> um, but as far as like with people with existing chronic conditions, you know, we were going the drug route now because we were seeing that, very real potential. Um, and so wonderfully, there are two clinical trials. Um, one that came out, results came out just last month, um, where they use C15 supplementation. It's higher at 300 milligram dose among women with fatty liver disease. They gave them the Mediterranean diet. They gave them um, on top of a low calorie diet. So to do something above and beyond eating a thousand calories a day on the Mediterranean diet, and then they gave them C15 was like a big ask. And it did. So see people who were had low calorie plus Mediterranean compared to people low calorie Mediterranean plus the C15 supplement, the C15 supplement group did even better. So they had lower LDL cholesterol. 
um, and they had a healthier microbiome, um, gut microbiome of uh, growth of a particular, yeah, super interesting of a bacteria called Bifidobacterium adolescentis, which is mm-hmm. actually helped um, several species live longer, which is also interesting. Um, and uh, they had people had less um, central fat. Uh, who took the C15 supplement. So, uh, and then the second clinical trial, so that was published uh, late last year in 2023. And there's a second one coming out. It's currently in review, uh, but that was looking at uh, young adults uh, who are overweight and have that history of fatty liver disease and seeing what, um, how C15 supplementation went. So I can't share the results, but stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling it's not going to be a negative. It's I'm not just a saying. Negative. Yeah, I can say that. I'm just sitting here like itemizing mom, dad, <laughs> yeah. all the people. Wow. So this is fascinating. And this is so, I don't know, this is, this is so exciting, right? I mean, it, you, you must be like, no wonder you've got that giant <laughs> smile on your face because, you know, like, like you, you, you not only caught the wave, but it just keeps going and going and going. Like when you hit something like this, that is so foundational to health. Oh, it's, um, it's been great. It's been a gift. I know it's just like the good fortune of opportunity comes your way. Um, like leaving, you know, thinking I'm going to take a little break from my, from my career to go work with dolphins, you know, ended up being this incredible opportunity. So that was an important lesson. Well, and congratulations on all your success. I mean, this is, I mean, talk about changing the world. You're really going to change the world. Like that's so cool. Okay. Well, I mean, I could keep you here longer because then we could just get into individual dolphin personalities and things, (laughs) but maybe we lose the audience. So (laughs) this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. And Thank you, especially for, you know, taking that step away from your career, supposedly, um, and, and, and hitting like, like just doing this amazing work. So let's tell people where they can find you and find out more. And I know that you have a website that's devoted to the research around Fatty 15. And it sounds like there's more coming down every 10 minutes. So absolutely. So uh, you can find Fatty 15 at fatty15.com. And that's where you can see the supplement and all the science uh, behind that. And then all the science around C15, all the peer reviewed papers and everything we keep updated at discoverc15.com is where you can find that. Amazing. And um, guys, if you, we've got a great offer for you guys from Fatty15. So all you have to do is go to Fatty15, the number 15 that is. So fatty15.com forward slash Nat and or use discount code Nat and you'll get a special discount on your order of C15, which will apparently make every cell in your body function better. Like, oh my God, who would have thunk it? And we'll find out even more about all the good things that it does for us as time goes on. So Stephanie, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Now, this was a pleasure. Thank you for helping to bring it to the world. Hey guys, before we wrap up today's episode, I want to thank everyone who has left a five-star rating and a review for the podcast. If you haven't yet left a rating and review and you love this episode, I would so appreciate it if you did. Each and every one truly helps the overall growth and success of the podcast, which allows me to continue to bring you more episodes and helps me to help more people to optimize their health and longevity. All you have to do if you're on Apple or on Spotify is open up Apple Podcasts or Spotify and take two seconds to click your rating and leave even just a one word review. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning into today's episode. 
If you have any questions about the episode or any questions you would like me to answer on the podcast, always feel free to reach out on Instagram at Natalie Nidham. I wish you all the best this week in biohacking your superhuman performance. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.